0: contribution-based marketing of yourself, et cetera, is phenomenal. So everyone is talking about sliding into DMs right now. I promise if you slide into someone's DM, if you slide into Elon Musk's DM, and you're like, hey, Elon, I have this idea, or I want you to fund this project or whatever, he's not even gonna look at it. But if you slide in and you're like, hey, Elon, I respect and love everything you're doing. Thank you for caring about the planet," He may or may not see that, but you send that in there, and now there's no inkling whatsoever of you wanting anything. He'll see it. And now he has an opinion of you where you can start to forge a relationship. And after that first passing of the bridge, you don't think I want anything in return. And, and so you have no problem responding back. Once that response comes back, that's when you can start to build the relationship. And here's the thing. You have to contribute an avalanche of actionable results before you expect anything in return. But that is how you identify and get A frother that will change your life into your life.
1: G'day, frothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous, those who emanate enthusiasm, they inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward center. My theory is that at times, just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. G'day frothers. Uh, trying a new introductory service here, just that, that cheeky like one minute hook From uh, the main man, Trevor Chapman, uh, who is gonna feature in this episode. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but getting to listen to these episodes back is truly the best part about the podcast. Editing, yeah, not too bad, but um, yeah, getting better at it. If there's one thing you take away from this episode, it's all really centered around how to have a happy life as a successful business entrepreneur, but also how to really be a fantastic family man. And really hyper aware of just how you can look at your own upbringing, uh, all the lessons that you've learned, and then carry that forward into how you can bring up your own kids and how you can build your own businesses and how you can bounce back and res- be resilient. And oh, it's just magical. I um, thoroughly enjoyed this episode, so I hope you do too. I'm not going to waffle any further. Have a crack, Trevor Chapman, pushing beyond happiness in business and family life. Yoo-hoo!
0: Welcome, Trevor Chapman. There you go. Bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, dude. And I love that word. I learned it from you when we were together in Croatia, and uh, it's been a part of my vernacular ever since. Been, uh, you know, attempting to froth and find frothers.
1: That's that's fucking awesome, man. Especially because you're like right by the beach now over there in Newport. Um, and I'd say there'd be a fair, fair few frothers around there. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. I'm on the beach right now. So, yeah, we moved down here. We live on the beach, and I spend the better portion of every day on the beach, working, playing, all of the above.
1: Yeah, mate. I think like, um, so you're a powerhouse digital entrepreneur, mate. Serial entrepreneur, as they probably call it. Um, and I love on your website says, oh, well, it's not, you didn't say it, it's a quote, um, if Elon Musk and Tim Ferriss had a nephew, his name would be Trevor Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that was uh, some nice words from Elizabeth Stores. She has this... Um, this charity that go over to Africa and they've got these devices to produce clean water. And so I uh, spoke at one of her events and yeah, she's, she's an awesome lady, but yeah, I love that. That was, that was a a cool little tidbit to say.
1: That's awesome. Bro, you, I worked with a a lady in the UK like six years ago um, on, on a device to clean water out in Africa as well. Um, Super powerful. Uh, And I mean, we should all try and have clean water. So, um, we we're actually selling them to rich people to subsidize. It was like one for one Tom's model. But um, yeah, dude, I think like uh, more than more than like I guess when we first met, um, you you have got such an impressive rap sheet. But you're just a fucking legend. Like when we first met, we were just chatting as mates, um, and I I literally like I think you mentioned you had you had a few businesses and stuff, and I sort of said what I did, but um, you were just. Such a, a lovely human, straight from the start. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked. Like, I'm stoked to, to have you to be inspired by you in a business sense. But I'm even more stoked just to, to be able to call you a mate.
0: That's awesome, Benny. Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
1: No worries, man. So, I, I did take you through the the finding the frothers uh, podcast when it was when it was just a, a humble thought. Um, and this was before I knew that you had a a freaking top top uh, business podcast beating out the likes of Tim Ferriss on a regular basis and I, I felt like a bit of a doofus like pitching you this, pitching you this idea <laughs> podcast when you've got this, this crusher uh, podcast. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. It's kind of a funny moment when I was sitting there listening to you um, talk to the crowd about how, how you'd built your podcast uh, so rapidly and and um, found frothers to talk to. And yeah, so thanks a lot, mate. Thanks for the inspiration. Um, you bet,
0: man, you bet, man. And just in my experience with, with your podcast, It will benefit the audience a lot, but the connections that you'll make as you interview people and become friends with them and then meet up with them, I mean, that, you can't put a price on that. You just can't. It will allow you to access people that otherwise, you'd either have to pay, you know, a hundred grand for an hour of their time or, or you know, commit some sort of act of voodoo to get them in the same room with you. So it's, uh, it's highly beneficial. So I'm excited to see where Finding the Frothers goes, man.
1: Thanks, dude. Um, on the froth, on the froth topic, what, what what's got you absolutely frothing at the moment? Yeah, so
0: there's there's a couple things, man. We uh, I I um, like you know I think a lot of entrepreneurs, my mind races and it's I, I've got multiple trains of thoughts simultaneously, and so I'm usually involved in multiple things. And the older that I get, the more I realize, and I've said this for a decade, and everyone knows this, but you know, but what you focus on grows. Um, And uh, if you want more, deserve more, deserve more by working more, et cetera. And what I've tried to do this year is really hone down even further on my focus. I, uh, you know, a few years ago, well, probably like 10 years ago, I was able to sell my first company and uh, that kind of created a snowball effect with companies following that in short order. And there were a few years when I was just kind of running all around doing anything and everything that I thought was fascinating. And I was able to... Be involved in a lot of cool things, you know, from being an angel in a bunch of different tech companies, you know, from Circle.com to BitPay um, to Late Stage in Airbnb and Airbnb and 20 others. Um, and, and it provided a lot of excitement. But as I get older now, I'm able to identify specifically what the outcome is that I seek, what the result is that I want. And so this year, 2019, I've just really honed down and cut off. A lot of those things that don't maximize my joy or measurably and fanatically move the needle forward. So I, when, I, when I sit down and I decide what I'm going to do and what gets me frothing at the moment, there's two elements that have uh, full power in my mind. The first one is peace of mind peace of mind. You can't put a value on peace of mind. So, whatever I do, I want to know that it's not going to keep me up at night. That that element of peace of mind is so important to me. And number 2 is tranquility. I seek see I don't like to say happiness cuz happiness people are happy when they're high. People are happy when they get revenge. People are happy when this or that, right? And so happiness is kind of this elusive moment in time in which uh, the neurochemistry of your brain is just squirting dopamine and serotonin. So it's it, while I love happiness, it's not happiness that I seek, it's tranquility. Because tranquility is a state that extends beyond happiness. It, it extends beyond emotion. So, so when I sit down, I'm like, what, what is it that I want to do this year? What, what gets me frothing? I, I start off always by kind of looking at it through the filter of peace of mind and tranquility. So that was kind of, of a long preamble to lead up to where I'm at now. Um, I've got a couple projects that I'm focused on uh, that I'm stoked about. I partnered with Rob Dyrdek. Um He's got you know a couple shows on MTV. He's got a venture arm, Dyrdek machine, a bunch of portfolio companies. Are you familiar with Rob Dyrdek?
1: Yeah, I man. I used to watch Robin Big all the time.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I partnered with him on uh, a couple projects, and then I'm in, I'm in the process of positioning Um, my enterprises in such a manner that the changes that occur over the next 10 years will be beneficial to me. And this is what I mean by that. Not long ago, Arnold Schwarzenegger and LeBron James um, launched their own supplement company. Uh, And so kind of with the advent of Kardashian makeup, what you see is people of influence and celebrity launching their own projects and so over the next 10 years i think we're going to see at an increasing rate those who have influence not pushing a fragrance you know by chanel but creating their own fragrance or not pushing headphones by nike but creating their own headphones
1: yeah that's mate that that sounds like sounds like it's already in the swing of things happening so you're aligning yourself to that you're that's where the froth's going in terms of influential people and Um, I think people are more excited by that, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So, so I'm in the middle of launching a big product with, uh, one of the top influencers and a supplement line with uh, a celebrity, um, from a very well-known TV show. And with these two case studies, I mean, I want to take these to the eight, nine figure range in short order, and then take those case studies and, um, you know, create a system around it so that as these celebrities and influencers launch their own brands, there's a way to do it. There's a right way to do it. And that we are critical in that. I think that that will build the most enterprise value quickly. And um, I'm at a stage on life where I'm focused on creating enterprise value, not so much just, you know, cash value um, alone. So, so that's number one. And the second thing is uh, lifestyle and um, kind of like, uh, a focus on those that I love. I've got five kids, um, all from the same woman, and uh, you know we uh, tend to put just the joy of life first in our in our in our minds. And I look at myself growing up in Guam and then Alaska. Um, I recognize things growing up that I wanted my children to either certainly experience or experience differently. And one of those key things for me is that I want my kids to go into life, into school, into society, with an identity. I don't want them to be given an identity. In your youth, it's really easy to be given an identity and then let that stick with you throughout your life. And so with my oldest, he just turned 12. uh, You know, he's climbed Mount Blanc, Kilimanjaro, Chokiki Rao, he played soccer, he's dove, like he's done all of these things. And he was doing it. I, I was engaging in this with him so that I could find what he blew up about, not what he thought he wanted his dad to him to do, you know, to make his dad proud. Not what the kids at school would think, you know, wear Nike shoes because they're cool. I want him to have an identity, something he really likes. And so over the last decade, as he's engaged in various things, um, I watched. And about a year ago, he wanted to act. And so through a, a series of events. Um, I got him on a show, on a movie, and I saw him for 16 hours straight work his butt off over like a 15-second scene, and he just killed it, man. He just killed it, and so I said, all right, bud, if this is what you want to do, let's, let's focus on this. I took him out to this competition in New York called IMTA. It's uh, the largest talent search um, in the U.S., and he swept it, man, Ch- uh, pre teen actor of the year, most sought after and all this stuff. And so uh, we moved out here to California, and he got signed by the top children's agency, the top managers, and in short order, he's gone from someone who's not in the industry to, uh, well, you'll see stuff comes out. And, uh, And that has me frothing, man. Seeing my kids succeed on a level that I did not realize was possible until a few short years ago blows my mind. What I mean by that is this. We all grow up believing that we can be anything that we want. Benny, you can be an astronaut, you can be famous, you can be a businessman, whatever. And we hear these things, but we don't recognize them until we actually burst through that barrier. You know, my parents told me I could be an astronaut when I grew up, and that's what I wanted to be. But I didn't believe it. Because being an astronaut is for those other people. You know, your dad's in the Air Force, you do this or that. Or an actor, that's for other people, or this or that. You know, I grew up my whole life believing that i was you know the peasant uh cool charming peasant boy <laughs> you know like the poor kid that would like uh, uh swoon the princess and um it took me years to recognize that whatever state i was in when i was young and we were more than poor we were like a subsistence family dude we had to i had to catch 36 salmon a day um and can them and smoke them so that we could make it through the winter There was a lot of internal changes that had to occur for me to get to where I am now. Um, Even 15 years ago, I remember when I found out that my wife's parents at one point in time had three grand in their bank account, $3,000. I couldn't comprehend it. Like, I couldn't understand that, dude. I was like, how do you have $3,000 in your bank account? It just didn't make sense. Paycheck to paycheck was the only thing that made sense. And so I'm frothing right now about the fact that I am able to portray to my kids and prove to them through their own actions that whatever it is that they want, they can do if they earn it. And, and that did that took me most of my adult life to learn. I worked my butt off, but I never thought that I could achieve it because there's a class system and a hierarchy. And with them, I think I'm, I'm helping them learn those lessons way earlier than I did.
1: I, I love listening to you speak about your family. Um, you're so passionate, uh, I anecdotally talk about um, the way you go about parenting and, and what I've learned from you even though I don't have kids yet just with um, friends of mine who are, you know, uh, in the entrepreneurial space and just about to have their first kid and, like, it's super inspiring, man. So, like, uh, I'll, I'll put links into where you, you probably talk further at length or, you know, getting people to follow you and, and see how you interact uh, with them. It's, it's really inspiring that, you know, some people, I think, make it a cop-out that once they once they have um, extended responsibilities, that they have to drop one thing or the other. Um, but you just you're the, you're the living, breathing example of someone who embodies, um, you know, taking control of all elements of your life and, and making sure that everyone benefits. And uh, it's beautiful, dude.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you. It's it's something I never wanted, man. When I met you know the girl I fell in love with, I said, look, I do not want to ever lose passion. And if slash when we have kids. I, uh, why, why would we have kids if we believed that life ends when you have kids and she so felt the same way, man. And so, um, yeah, dude, on that, can, can I go on at one small tangent real quick that I think is beneficial regarding kids and everything? Yep. Cause you say you don't have any, you don't have any that you know about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, spent a bit, I spent a fair bit of time traveling. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully this uh, podcast doesn't dude, get too big.
0: But, um, but, um, Oh freak! What was I gonna say, dude? I laughed so hard at my own joke that I popped the thought out of my brain. Um, freak. Well, when I remember it, then I'll, I'll come back to it. No
1: worries, man. Yeah, we can just we can just chop it back in. It's all good, mate. Your um your day to day routine. You've got you've got so many kids and you've got lots of things, uh, lots of balls in the air. What is the one thing that you do in your day to day routine that has you p- hitting peak performance?
0: Uh, reading, man. I. I I read and if I if I don't read, then I operate on a subpar level. And it's probably entirely placebo in my brain. But I find that when I do read, I'm more motivated to get things done. By the way, motivation is bull. Like I, I don't think you should ever wait to be motivated for anything. Motivation occurs after you achieve. Everyone waits for motivation. They wait for motivation to hit them to act, but motivation is a byproduct. It is a result of acting. So it's like, I'll eat when I get, when I, when I, my body is nutritious, like I'll eat once I digest the food, but that's backwards thinking. The food gets digested after you eat, same thing with motivation. So I just want to clear that up, but when I do read daily, um, I find that I work more outside of the box than I normally would. I find that ideas flow differently than they do when I'm stagnant. And so, you know, for some people that may be watching YouTube videos or listening to audio, and I do all that as well, but there's something about reading that just really calms me and gets me excited. It, It stimulates every positive part of my life.
1: That's amazing. Dude, like um, another thing that I've learned from you, because I continue, obviously continue to learn from you uh, after we stopped hanging out by just following your journey, watching your videos, listening to interviews that you've done on podcasts. And I remember there's one thing, and, and I've actually actioned it. And I always thought, you know, read a book once and then never read it. And then you mentioned that when you were first starting out as a salesman, that you read, I think, one or two books over and over and over again because you just mm-hmm. found such value. And I think it's kind of like something that happens when uh, like, you, f- you feel like you're dumb or something because you're not retaining all the information. Um, maybe that was just a limiting belief I had, but listening to you speak about reading books over and over, um, I've literally read one book three times. I've read another one twice. I've read a couple of other ones twice. So um, yeah, thanks for that advice, dude. And yeah, reading, reading it, 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 you're right, it is something um, slightly different to listening through audio. Um, I, think, I think it means you've got to hold more of an attention. So it's um, yeah. that's, that's a great routine to get into. What are you reading at the moment, dude?
0: Oh, dude, I, I always have four or five books open on yeah. my, either on my Kindle or with me uh, physically. What's um, the so one I'll that's got there. you
1: frothing the hardest?
0: Yeah, the one that, that I'm... So there is a book that I read every year a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it's called um, A Guide to the Good Life, The Ancient Art of Stoic Joy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've read everything that we have from Seneca, a lot from Epictetus, and I was a philosophy major in college before I dropped out. But regarding actionable steps, this particular book, A Guide to the Good Life, nature Ancient Art of so Joy, it takes an ancient conversation between two people and it makes it pertinent and applicable today. So, number one, uh, that book. And then, dude, the book, if you want to talk about a book that has me like frothing, um, uh, Homo, or it's not Homo, Sapiens. Sapiens yes. So I just finished Sapiens, and uh, that book's incredible, dude. And then the follow-up to that, Homo Deus, or Homo whatever it is, yeah, yeah. Deus or something, it, it's, it's the combination of both humanity and intelligence, electronic and artificial intelligence, and where it's going to go. So th- those two I just finished, and then the book that I'm reading right now, and uh, I mean, it's funny, because it, it may not be interesting to anyone else, but it's a history of the Silk Road. And uh, it's a big, massive, thick book, but it is fascinating to go back and understand why we are how we are um, economically as a result of things that occurred three or four millennia ago. And uh, so this book is literally just the history of the Silk Road, dude, from, uh, you know, from the beginning of the written record uh, up, to, up to today.
1: Yeah, mate, that's sweet. Oh, now I've got a few a few new books to read. I've got Sapiens open at the moment actually as well. So um, yeah, halfway through that, that's a cracker. Um, yeah. Mate, you, I took you through like the concept of uh, th- this process of identifying frothers in your life. Um, you probably mentioned a few already, but who's, who is a, an anchor frother? Someone you can go to 24-7 who can give you that little boost when you need it. <sighs> Yeah,
0: so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first give you some history on this person, like how I was able to meet them and kind of turn them into that frother. And it's, it's a concept. Uh, it's something that I attribute most of my success to. And it is, yeah, because here, here's the deal. Nobody wakes up. Warren Buffett doesn't wake up and be like, all right, let me find some 23-year-old kid that I can mentor today. Like he does not do that. In fact, he doesn't have the time, et cetera, and nobody does. And so there's this concept, I think, online today, like find a mentor, find a mentor. So they're running around and they're like, hey, will you mentor me? Will you mentor me? And the bottom line is, is that there aren't nobody uh, worth being a mentor is actively seeking someone to mentor um, because they are in the midst of doing things, right? It's not that they don't want to. It's just that it has to be prioritized. And so you never officially make a mentor. Um, you know, we, we, this concept is old, it's the apprentice concept, like an apprentice today is one who seeks a mentor or excuse me, back then you want to be a blacksmith, you apprenticed for nine years or 17 years, depending on the guild, and then you became the next blacksmith. And so th- we lack that today, but it's, it's innate within us to, to desire that. That's why this system was created in the first place is the beta turning into the alpha, right? So I kind of believe that I have found a way to find these people in my life and then um, glean from them strong lessons. And uh, if you want to be very specific right now, the guy that's really impacting me on a personal level is Rob, Rob uh, Um I get pitched so many things on a weekly basis and I'll call Rob... And uh, it still amazes me, man. He, he picks up the phone at the drop of the hat or I'll go and I'll meet him at his office or his house and he'll give me the lowdown on it and um, on what he thinks about it. Uh, in fact, out of the blue, you know, he'll just call and say, hey dude, I watched this video, I watched that video. It made me think of you. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Now this, I don't know Rob. A year ago, I didn't know Rob. In the last seven or eight months, we've become like really solid friends. And that, we weren't introduced or anything. What happened was I identified a way that I could contribute to one of their organizations. And I didn't have an ulterior motive. I didn't think, okay, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna figure out how to get in touch with Rob and all that. I didn't even know that Rob was the majority owner. I just found a way that there's this company out there and I liked the guy that was running it. And, I, and so I gave, them, I gave them this plan that you know I drew up and I said, dude, you guys need to implement this. You'll triple, quadruple your revenue overnight. And then I started to do on my end a little bit of what it, of what it was. Um, and I do this all the time, dude. Like, uh, for instance, uh, Lewis Howells launched a podcast. And so um, his manager called me and he's like, dude, it's, it's uh, top 10. I was like, I know, man. And I sent him my stats on the back end. And I was using my audience to push traffic to it and everything. They would have never known had he not called me and been like, this is amazing, let's celebrate. But I found that in doing this, in contributing without expectation of return, two things happen. Number one, you become grateful. And number two, karma comes back, dude, and it gives you a rose flower often. Not all the time, but often. Mm -hmm. And so with Rob's company, when I contributed in this manner, I was through a series then of events connected with Rob, um, where they were then pitching me to be an angel in, in this new enterprise. And as, we, as I flew out here, I met him for the first time, and he was telling me about the company and why they wanted me and everything. I, in an effort to do what I told you about at the beginning of the year, being involved in fewer things, I declined. But what I did do was jump in on the back end and do a bunch of stuff, uh, like give them a bunch of information regarding their advertising that immediately increased their revenue. And from that, from that, never expecting to talk to him again or anything, from that, becoming friends and uh, and now we're business partners and um it's something that has repeated itself over and over and over bob mcnulty is another one the the bother of e-commerce before amazon he started shopping.com sold it for 220 million all cash acquisition whenever he comes out here we sit down for lunch and um we have like this interesting kind of like I don't know, like, I don't want to get weird or anything, but it's almost familial, right? Like, almost like his father-son thing. And it's because I contributed to two of his companies in a dramatic fashion without any expectation of return. And I'm talking about days of work, without any expectation of return, just because I knew that what I had and what I could do would benefit him. And what that did is it, it made him, like, it's endearing. And so I just, he was just out here. I just sat down and I pitched him on this tech idea. And he's like, I've got the resources, let's do it. It was that easy. And, but it would not have been that easy had I not first contributed. And so I use this terminology because I don't know how else to word it, but contribution-based marketing of yourself, et cetera, is phenomenal. So everyone is talking about sliding into DMs right now. I promise if you slide into someone's DM, if you slide into Elon Musk's DM, and you're like, hey, Elon, I have this idea, or I want you to fund this project or whatever, he's not even going to look at it. But if you slide in and you're like, hey, Elon, dude, I respect and love everything you're doing. Thank you for caring about the planet. Because he does, dude. He cares about the planet. He may or may not see that, but you send that in there, and now there's no inkling whatsoever of you wanting anything. He'll see it, and now he has an opinion of you where you can start to forge a relationship. And after that first passing of the bridge because when you look at that that's innocuous. I'm like Benny, dude, I love what you're doing. Thanks so much for caring about us or whatever the words are. You don't think I want anything in return and and so you have no problem responding back. Once that response comes back, that's when you can start to build the relationship and here's the thing. You have to contribute an avalanche of actionable results before you expect anything in return, but that is how you identify and get a frother that will change your life into your life. That is how you do it.
1: That's how you get an anchor frother. Yeah, an anchor expensive. frother. Yep, Man, I love that. That's so good. Um, you basically answered one of my my future questions, which is like, what is, it, how do you, how do you go about bringing um, people into your inner circle? That that's um that's amazing, mate. Some some great knowledge there um, for for all my listeners out there and for myself as well as always. Um, mate, <laughs> what's um what's some music that really gets you frothing? Is there a particular song? that uh you put on that that gets you in the zone
0: yeah there's so it depends on what zone i want to get into Mm -hmm. um you know i will uh let me let me pull it up real quick on let me pull this up in spotify and see because it's oh yeah oh dude so the song that's just like highly transcendent for me right now is um freak where is it saturn saturn sleeping at last and it's just like this beautiful, it's like, dude, it's, it's incredible. It's funny to go back to like kids. You know, my kids are really differently. I showed this song to one of my daughters and she was trying to hold back the tears and she's just like, it's so beautiful. And I showed it to another one and about 15 seconds in, she's like, that's cool, dad, and ran off. Yeah. <laughs> and so music affects people in differently. Like, like it really affects people in a manner that is almost indescribable. We can't quantify it. But I've read a lot of research on audio um, interpretation and resonance and frequency and all this stuff. And so if you are affected by audio, dude, that's one of the best hacks that you can do is use it to get you in a state that allows you to act. So that, that one right there, Sad i Sleeping at Last, that's one that I'll, I'll listen to in a moment of quiet reflection. Um, and then, dude, I've got a whole bunch if I'm ready to jam, dude, that I'll jam to when my kid gets ready to audition, uh dude here's a here's a funny one man and this is one that we listened to on the way there we have a playlist for him it's pretty it's pretty freaky when you show up and there's like zach efron is directing it or something like that and there's all these kids from you know netflix shows and so you have to be you got to be kind of in in the correct state of mind so here is a here's one Yeah. yeah so here here is uh the one that really gets him moving right now—it's called Mermaid Princess, <laughs> and it's by Nano B. N A N O B I I. Mermaid Princess—I don't know why they call it that because it doesn't sound like that. But anyway, there's two songs, man.
1: Cool. Oh yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll drop them into the the Spotify playlist when I've got all the all the guest stuff, mate. I'm super intrigued to listen to this pump up song um, yeah. called Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome, mate. I think I have a feeling that. Uh, and I probably shouldn't do this as a podcast guest, but a uh, host um, that your boundary frothers, which are people just outside your inner circle, will also be your hero frothers based on your network. But I'd be interested to know who's someone just outside your network who you'd l- really love to to bring in.
0: Dude, so it's 100% Elon Musk. Yeah. And I, he, and I am in the process of making that yeah, transitioning from that boundary frother to the hero frother. Dude, I'm in the process of, of making that happen. I've got a buddy and he is going to break a billion dollars um, totally off of Facebook ads in the next month or two. Wow. Um, selling precious metals. He is the most intelligent person I've ever met in my life. I usually believe that I can hold my own. But when I meet with him, um, I have just this innate hierarchical sense, you know, because we... We are beasts of hierarchy, and in the intelligence hierarchy, dude, he he just dominates me and anyone I ever put him in a room with. And as a result of that, I think there's very few people that are so hyper intelligent that they can hold a conversation uh, with a few people like Elon Musk. He's one of them, and so Elon and him are friends. And this guy is uh, like a really close friend of mine who, when he's having issues, will call and etc and so yeah man all the way elon musk and i'll tell you why
1: Um, sorry are we allowed to say the name of your buddy because i'd love to look him up
0: yeah so i'll i'll tell you offline he's the only person in history to turn down an ink magazine cover he is very he wouldn't jump on my podcast he wouldn't be a part of uh these various you know like econ and these conventions and stuff i put on so he's highly private he has an incredible net worth dude and he uh was a orphan child who literally spent six or seven years just on the streets in New York, no home, in his teens. And so it's like the ultimate story, dude, the ultimate story. Uh, Magnificent person, though, dude, such a magnificent person. But um, the reason why I respect Elon Musk so much, there's a few things. One, when he believes in something, he's all in. And too many people don't go all in with anything. You know, he makes 170 or 180 mil from selling X.com, later PayPal, you know, puts hundred million into uh, SpaceX, 70 million into Tesla and his last 10 million into solar city. And he says that he had to borrow money for rent the next month. Yeah. Now I, I understand that that is a highly risky move, but what it also does is it shows the absolute certainty that he has in his own abilities. And I think we lack that kind of as uh, both individually and collectively as small units and as large units uh, of people. We lack the certainty that comes from a highly aware sense of self-knowledge, of self-awareness. And he has that, number one. And number two, um, when I watched, I've watched all of the interviews that exist from him out there and then from the people that, that I know that know him personally, he truly He truly has a sense of duty to our species that is rare, especially for people in his position. People in his position typically focus on self and they see the rest as, you know, beasts of burden or, you know, uh, they may not necessarily be worth as much as them, just intrinsically. And he's not that way. And I respect that. I respect that so highly. He thinks differently than all of us from something as simple as traffic. We work in 3D buildings and then we drive home on 2D lines. I mean, these are basic engineering problems that shouldn't be problems. Um, And yet he's the only one that thinks of them on a level um, of that magnitude. You know, and then his ability to influence. He's not an orator. He is not good at conversation. He is not good at presentation. And yet he can sell, you know, a million dollars of baseball hats and 20 million of not flamethrowers (laughs) <laughs> with just a few lines, you know? And, and it's, not because, it's not because he's an idiot on YouTube. It's not because he was pretending to be somebody else in a movie. It is 100% because he is himself. And, and when you are validated by the entire world by being only you, not pretending to be someone else as an actor, not on the cover of all the, you know, when you are you and you will that influence, there is something special about you.
1: Yeah, mate. I love that. Um, and I have no doubt that I'm going to be seeing a, a photo of you uh, popping up with Elon <laughs> in the not too distant future, um, smashing the hero, <laughs> frothers status. And I might just say, uh, you know, um, we had a little part to do with it, at finding the frothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, who's, um, who's someone who has uh, passed away either directly in your life or, or um, it can be anyone who still inspires you and how do you access them? So
0: let me, let me give you two different examples. So, you know, I find, uh, I love history Mm -hmm. and my, my oldest son, he does too. And so this year instead of climbing, we, I do, I take each kid on a rite of passage trip every year, something that tries them and tests them, you know, turns them kind of into a man or a woman. And Mm -hmm. uh, this year, we are following Hannibal's route through the Alps to the best that we can. No one knows the exact route, but, but to our, the best of our knowledge, we are going to go through the Alps the same way he went through the Alps with elephants and exotic war beasts in his armies. The great, the greats of the past that are still great today are pinnacles of humanity. It, yeah, it's, it's easy for someone now to be remembered because we've got you know, quadrillion, you know, zettabytes of data online. And you can, and you can keep people who are marginally influential forefront as a result of that. Right. But two or 3000 years ago, that wasn't the case. And so if someone who lived then is still applicable today, it's because they transfigured the way that as a species, we thought that we acted, et cetera. And so I've got a whole slew of people, um, Historically, that inspire me and, and move me forward. You know, Marcus Aurelius, a prime example. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a spin on that, dude. Someone that used to really inspire me that um, that is kind of no longer holds that light for me. But I, but I, I still uh, have a lot of respect for this person. Is Richard Branson. In 2008, I moved down to Florida. I had three pest control offices. That year, we lost tens of thousands of customers practically overnight. Uh, went from thinking I was the bomb to thinking I had to get two shifts of Walmart because that was all I was worth. I back then couldn't understand that the economy had anything to do with my failure. You don't when you're in your young 20s, you know? Mm. So I'd come off the best year of my early business life into losing everything. And, you know, dozens and dozens of employees and like I said, tens of thousands of customers. Anyway, prior to that happening, we moved down to Florida for one reason. And it was because at the end of the season, after I built that office, I was going to buy a sailboat and go sail down to Necker Island and hang out with my best friend, Richard Branson. But he, the only thing was he didn't know that he was my best friend and we were going to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just going to jump on the boat and go, go hang out with him. And uh, when that all fell apart, um, the reason why he influenced me so much is because when that fell apart, I got this internal sensation that I had never experienced before. I hadn't really been depressed or had this anxious energy to me. And so when that that happened, I thought that there was something wrong with me, like biologically, neurologically. I was like, oh, freak, man, am I depressed? What? And I just couldn't comprehend it. And I like tried to push it out of my mind. And I, I remember reading a quote from Richard Branson in one of his books where he said, when I turned 40, I was uncharacteristically unhappy. And... I thought, dude, that's me. I'm uncharacteristically unhappy right now. And uh, in fact, I remember at one point, like when it all hit me, I had three dozen employees. The next day was payroll. Didn't have enough money to pay them. I'm freaking out, man. I'm, I'm losing it. And what was happening internally was so dramatic and so traumatic that it had an external influence on me. I kind of like came to curled up in the fetal position laying on the ground. I crawl back to our room, and I find my wife. I'm like, Case, I, like, I am freaking out right now. And what got me through that year of losing everything and then rebuilding it all to be stronger than it ever was, was Richard Branson, man. It was him. It was watching what he did. It was seeing his story. It was understanding that um, what it took was continuing despite the signs that would say otherwise. I had a few business partners and in 08, they all joined the military or went back to business school. I was the only one that kept on keeping on. And Mm -hmm. we're all in dramatically different places now. And so I owe a lot of that to, you know, my my observations of Richard Branson back then.
1: Beautiful. And so that's shifted now in terms of observations? Um, I mean,
0: I still respect him, but he's not like, you know, if I could go have dinner with someone, it wouldn't be like, "Oh, freak Richard Branson, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. when Steve Jobs died, I mean that was dramatic dude that was that that was a, a bad thing. someone who had changed the entire way that we communicated um on a singular level and on a national level, an international level um and I think that if Richard Branson died, I would be sad, but it wouldn't be as dramatic as others but but he was the one that got me through two thousand and eight from afar, and so uh you know. Yeah, there's that.
1: Beautiful, mate. Um, this this might be a, a bit of a doozy for you. I reckon, like you, you have so many gifts and things to offer. But if you could condense, um, your ultimate gift into one workshop, what would the concept be, and what would you call it? So last year, uh, last
0: year I would have said it was the ability to isolate, the ability to break down a concept into a formula, identify what matters and what doesn't matter, and then act on what matters. Like like that's what what I would have said last year. As I I recall and I look back and I I review, I would say that the thing that has had the most impact for me has been resilience. Because resilience is what gets you through it. I mean, the tough still quit, you know? Mm -hmm. The the winners still quit. But the ability to resiliently move forward uh, when the data supports that action Um, is I think something that we kind of don't have anymore. And I think we don't have it because life is so easy. Denzel Washington said that ease is a greater harm to success than hardship ever will be. I think life's so easy that we don't have to be resilient. But resilience is at the core of, of anything that's worth building. And so uh, resilience and contribution, man, anything that any relationship that I'll ever have in my life that's worthwhile will be as a result of contributing, and it may take years, therefore resilience. Is that, is that, is that
1: kind of too
0: out there or does that answer? So
1: that's, that's amazing. I, yeah, I always love this question because they're, it's pretty much every time there are workshops that I would attend, especially because I know you guys as frothers, and, um, and yeah, resiliency is such a big Big core part. It's actually, that's fucking awesome for who I want to connect you with. But just before I do that, um how can people connect with you, dude? Like, what's the best way? Obviously, you've got your amazing podcast, The Trevor Chapman Show, but yeah, how can people connect with you? Well, that, yeah, dude. So I
0: actually, uh, my podcast is on hiatus right now. This okay. was part of the 2019 stuff where I had to identify what I could and could not spend time on. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the podcast is on hiatus. I mean, it's still up there. So,
1: Fully, yeah, yeah I'd still recommend people to go back and listen to, to some of the amazing it, episodes. I'll post yeah, some well, of my favorites in the notes. Yeah, if,
0: you, if you jump on Instagram and DM me on Instagram, um, you can get a hold of me that way. And you, know, you can send me an email, Trevor at Um, And uh, I mean, those, those are probably the best way. I, uh, it, it was interesting, dude, because I had um, fairly, I'll, I'll probably have lunch with two or three people I don't know a week out here. And last week I had some guys fly in from, I'm pretty sure that they're out in Australia with you. I'm not sure though. And they flew in and they wanted to be, they wanted to meet and I couldn't meet with them. And I, and so I sent a couple of my staff to meet with them. And I was like, what was it, you know, what was it that they wanted? And um, they said that they wanted to network. And having been a product of, very solid networking in the past i think that they probably um took that mentor route that for anyone listening is not the route to take it's against. i just want to it is the ability to impact somebody else positively and they will then always try to meet with you and so that that just came to mind for for whatever reason but um yeah, man. Instagram. I just brought that up because they DM'd me on Instagram. But Instagram and email is the best way to reach you.
1: Awesome. Um, I've got a concept of like mentors, which is mates as mentors, and like it's a mutual, oh, ben- cool. mutually beneficial yeah. um transfer of froth. And I and I found that as well. Like um at the school I went to in London. Um, after I left, it's part of this this it's an amazing like ten month intensive advertising entrepreneur school. And um, as part of the process, you are invited back to become mentors. And I didn't realise till. I went back that, and it was only one, two years later that I was what the mentors had said that they, when they came into the room, they were getting just as much from the students as um, vice versa. I was like, "Wow, it's so true," and that's why I think um, the mentors thing great because you want to be hanging out with people you call your mates. Like it sounds like you've got with Rob and and the other guys that are in your that you pull into your life and um, that have that have come about through your endeavours. So I think you've got a fuck ton of – you're a mentor to so many people and, you've, and um, you've got a bunch of awesome mentors as well.
0: Dude, I love that because that, that's so true. If you want someone to mentor you, then they have to like being around you. They, they want to selfishly help you. Like they want that. And that's when someone helps you. It's because they selfishly say, I want this person to succeed. And
1: yeah. there
0: has to be a reason for that, right? And so the, the mentor thing, that's, that's good, Benny. I like that, man.
1: All right. Yeah. Maybe we should, we should write something on it. Um, (laughs) get it out into the universe. Dude. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to connect you with a a frother. I like the, uh, so I'd say you two guys were the two inspirations for me starting a podcast. He's actually the first guy that I can, that I interviewed on my podcast. Um, he trains people from, uh, the top athletes, uh, in Australia through to everyone who will listen on mental uh, resiliency. That's why I think resiliency comes yeah. up, mental strength. We don't talk about mental health so much. We talk about mental strength and mental resiliency. Um, and I'd love, oh, dude, I can't wait till we cross paths again. But hopefully I'm, I'm hanging there as well. And I'd love for you guys to go for a coffee or a, or a, or a beer or whatever and, and, um, and connect. Let's do it, man. That would just be absolutely That's ripping. Awesome. It would bring a huge smile to my face to know that you guys were hanging out for a bit.
0: <laughs> Let's do it, dude. I'd love that.
1: Yeah, so Brett Robbo, shout out to you, bro. That's, um, that's what we're going to do, hook you up with my man Trevor Chapman. Dude, thanks so much for, for your time. Uh, I know you're a busy dude, and um, I really appreciate it. And this is literally going to be an episode that I will revisit, like we revisit books, um, over and over, because so much value in there, mate.
0: Benny, you're the man, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you so
1: much. Thanks, bro. Well, yeah, hopefully I'll see you soon. I'm in the States, Um coming up over the next couple of months. So, uh, Dude, let's do
0: it. Send me a text and let, let's let's connect.
1: Awesome, bro. Have a fantastic evening with your kids and uh, much love. Much, much love, love to you, to you brother. Jeff Jeff in. In. See you, yeah, mate. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That would be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swinging me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You!